Welcome back to another episode of Sundoku Thoughts. If you haven't seen our social media sites, we have changed the format of our podcast to be a real review podcast. So if you do miss the play-by-play, please let us know. But we really think that you guys are going to enjoy a review of a book that you've already read coming just as a straight review. Today's episode will be on Storm and Fury by Jennifer Armentrout. And if you are new here, I'm Shell. And I'm Megan. And this is your spoiler warning. If you choose to stay, we will be going into detail on the all the plot twists. Speaking of those social media sites, what are they? We have an Instagram, which is sundoku.thoughts. And we also have a Twitter, which is sundokuthts. We would love if you guys could come over to our social media and interact with us and talk about the books, because that's what we're here for. We'd love to hear what you think about the books and... You know, interact with our posts on any of the quotes if you like them. We've been working really hard to make these social media great, and we would just love to share what we've done with everyone. And we'd love you to share, we would love for you to share, you know what I mean, uh, your favorite books, some things you'd love for us to read. We do take like a week in between books to read po- books that we're not going to read for the podcast. So if there are anything you want us to kind of check out and interact with you strictly on social media, we're so open for that. So get on there. Let us know what you're thinking. All right. How are you feeling? Feeling good. Feeling good? Ready to go. go. All right. So as we've already said, uh, spoiler warning, so you should be gone by now. We are reading Storm and Fury by Jennifer Armentrout, and this is just the summary of what the book already says about it. Yeah. So instead of doing the play-by-play, you know, the whole thing that we were doing before, we're going to read you the summary that's in the book or if it's paperback on the back. So this says, enter a world of gargoyle protectors rising demons, and one girl with an explosive secret. 18-year-old Trinity Morrow may be going blind, but she can see and communicate with ghosts and spirits. Her unique gift is part of a secret so dangerous that she's been in hiding for years in an isolated compound fiercely guarded by wardens, gargoyle shapeshifters who protect humankind from demons. If the demons discover the truth about Trinity, they'll devour her, flesh and bone, to enhance their own powers. When wardens from another clan arrive with disturbing reports that something out there is killing both demons and wardens, Trinity's safety would... Sorry. Trinity's world implodes. Not the least because one of the outsiders is the most annoying and fascinating person she's ever met. Zane has secrets of his own that will upend her world yet again, but working together becomes imperative once demons breach the compound and Trinity's secret comes to light. To save her family and maybe the world... She'll have to put her trust in Zane, but all bets are off as a supernatural war is unleashed. Ooh. Ooh. So I do just want to note, they talk about her being blind, like, right away. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of cool because I found out through kind of reading into Jennifer herself, she, the author, Jennifer Armentrout, she um, suffers from retinous pigmentosa. Is that how you pronounce it? Um, And that's exactly what Trinity... Retinitis. Retinitis. That's correct. That seems more correct. Mm -hmm. You're you're (laughs) much smarter than me. Um, Super not true. (laughs) But that's what Trinity suffers from um, in the book. And so it it was kind of cool. And I did look up what retinitis pigmentosa, the disease, is. Mm -hmm. It says, um, retinitis pigmentosa is a group of rare genetic disorders that involve a breakdown of loss of cells in the retina, which is the light-sensitive tissue that lines the back of the eye. Common symptoms include difficulty seeing at night and loss of side or peripheral vision. Um, So that was pretty cool. I thought it was nice that she involved that together. Very neat. Um, before we get into our actual review, do we want to read what other people had to say? Sure do. All right. Uh, roll of the dice. Do you want to be bad or good first? Good. All right. Good it is. All right. So this is called nerddaily.com is where I got this review. It's written by Jace Smith and they gave it a nine out of 10. And I'm just going to read exactly what they said. Trinity Morrow is the last of her kind. Her DNA, as well as her organs, are coveted by many in this new supernatural world created by author Jennifer Armentrout. Storm and Fury tells the tale of a girl with an explosive secret who up until now has been kept hidden and safe behind the walls of her community of gargoyles, called Wardens, which we kind of heard in the back of the book. Right. It says, This book blew my mind with the amount of representation for minority groups such as Trinity having a degenerative eye disease called retinitis retinitis pigmentosa. We discussed that. (laughs) Which the author suffers with herself. There's also a strong focus on the LGBTQ community. Um, Say hello to Trinity's friend and sometimes roommate Peanut, the same sex attracted, stuck in the 80s, pervy ghost. 
Oh, I didn't mention that part yet. Yes, our girl Trin can also, with her other abilities, see ghosts and spirits. What first attracted me to this book, you ask? Well, as always with me, I was hooked by the cover. But then, after reading the blurb, intrigue set in. I had to find out why these wardens from another clan arrived. What was killing both demons that the wardens hunt and kill, and wardens? Who is the mysterious Zane, and how is he connected to the story? All these little threads come together in this book and make for glorious reading. Storm and Fury is a spinoff from Jennifer's Dark Elements series, which I did not know before we read the book. But what I liked about it is that it can be read as part of, part of that series or as I did a standalone, which is how we did it as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you have read the Dark Elements series, which includes White Hot Kiss, I'm sorry, White Hot Kiss, Stone Cold Touch, and Every Last Breath, some of the characters who appear in Storm and Fury should be very familiar. Even though this is the first book I've read by Jennifer, I will be reading more of this series as they are released. Absolutely loved it and highly recommend picking it up. It's available pretty much anywhere and other good and all like the good book retailers. And a big thank you to Happer Collins and NetGalley for providing a copy in exchange for an honest review. So they gave it a 9 out of 10. They loved it. Um, but let's hear a bad review. All right. So I found a review on Goodreads by someone named Hillary. She gave it a two out of five star. And she said, and the award goes to Storm and Fury for making me hate or better not care a single bit about Zane, one of my favorite characters from the Dark Element series, and for downgrading Jennifer from my favorite authors list. Ooh. Oh, that's very harsh. Did this even need to be 500 pages long? It could have been easily only 300 pages, and it would have been way more entertaining and fast-paced. It's not like those 200 pages were needed to develop the relationship between Zane and Trinity. As soon as they set eyes on each other, boom, it's insta-love. Seriously, this was kind of boring. Nothing happens except for very short bursts that are over before you can realize that something's finally moving. Zane was the most disappointing for me, though. I was so excited to see him finally get something good after the treatment he received in the last book of the previous trilogy. But he has no personality at all now. Question mark. And he turned into the usual brooding hot and cold type. He comes out of his room in just a towel and then expects Trinity not to stare. That was completely ridiculous. He was the total opposite of how he was in the trilogy. Which makes me say, can you stop writing spinoffs with the same characters, Jennifer? Question mark. I swear, none of them work. I prefer reading something about new characters instead of continuously getting angry after noticing that I can recognize characters only because they have the same name as before. The only character I still like is Roth, and that's saying a lot. He was the best of the bunch, he had a personality, and and he made me laugh sometimes at least. Peanut wasn't bad as well, though he's the usual stereotypical sidekick you can find in every JLA book. I like that he had met that he met someone outside of the group that can see ghosts, and I'm sure that she's going to have some interesting part in this story in the next books. Too bad I won't be there to witness it. Oh, Sarcasm mode on. Trinity was the blandest main character ever. I don't even understand how I went from loving her when I was reading this book snippets on Instagram to not caring about her in the least once I read from her perspective. Her only purpose is to find the love of her life. So as soon as she meets Zane, she throws herself at him and calls it love, in quotation. There was a point where she says that she never cries. She hasn't even cried when her mom died, but she is about to cry because Zane loves someone else. I thought you cared about your mom more than a guy you just met one or two weeks ago. She was cringy and immature in her monologues, but I admit Zane joins her in that when they banter. Their cheesy dialogue gave me secondhand embarrassment. Yep, feel that? I know, me too. But that's not all. Trinity is also so nosy, it's hard to stand. The moment she realizes something's not right between Layla and Zane, she immediately throws herself into the argument when she doesn't even know the story behind it. Mind your own business, you idiot. If the majority of the book is slow and boring, the end is so fast you don't even enjoy having finally gotten to the point you were waiting 470 pages for. It's probably more cynical and critical now than when I read and loved other JLA books, but honestly, it's like her newer stories are more and more watered-down versions of her old stuff, and I'm sick of reading books that have no dedication behind them. Fudge. She made some really good points. I'm not gonna lie, I almost 100% agree with the review. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh shit, this is this is the review I'm about to give. <laughs> I have not read another Jennifer Armentrout book, so I right. can't say much about yeah. her old stories. But um, Megan and I were talking literally on Tuesday when we have weekly dinner, and I said, um, we don't talk about the book really because we like to leave it all for the podcast, leave it all out here for you guys. Try. But what I, yeah, but what Keyword. I literally said was, 
All I can say about the book is it's cringy and immature. And I, and I, uh, just a side note, not to, before you can h- cut in, but we are aware we're reading YA novels. Yeah. We're aware that they're meant for people 16 to 18. Yeah. We're aware that we're those adults that don't have this avenue in adult fiction. So we are stuck with the YA. And so a lot of times I give it that like space. Yeah. And like, I, I try allow... to give it kind of leeway yeah like, leeway that's the right i word. understand this is meant for teenagers yeah so like but some of the things that which we'll get into but some of the things that she put into the book are like sentences that they put in i was like no one would ever say that yeah i have i have literal i'm glad you quotes. wrote notes because one the few things that i wrote that i thought were like cringy and weird i left in my other notebook and okay didn't bring it with me but <laughs> Yeah. I have, like, it's it just, it was cringy. So I almost 100% agree with everything yeah. that they said. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, so let's do our review. What do we think? I mean, we kind of just kind of said how we feel. But let's get into it. Yeah, let's, let's break get, it down. Yeah. So um, do you have much to say about, like, the cover and stuff like that? So for the cover, I really like the text. Uh, I think it's... You know, it's very pretty, but it also has, like, a strong feeling to it. And with it being called Storm, the, yeah. the text, the font itself is kind mm-hmm. of stormy, which I liked a lot. Yeah, I like that it kind of looked metallic, like it was made of metal, which then created the, you know, conduct for the lightning yeah. that was in the Background. center of the page. Um, the feathers, they're very vague, like, they're not really pronounced yeah. in the background, but they are there, and they do kind of make sense. I don't really think feathers per se because the only winged things that we've seen are really the wardens yeah and they're made of stone so like yeah (laughs) i don't think they have feathers per se but there was layla layla has actual feathers yes but layla's not like and they are huge they are black story so i thought that was kind of weird though no you're right you're right so i it was okay like the cover's okay i didn't like the cover um, I'm not going to lie. I don't think the cover matches the story very well. Um, they mentioned the title of the book one time in the series. Yeah, like which they makes said the it, actual words. Yeah, it was page 481, I believe, <laughs> chapter 34. I made note because the entire time I was reading the book, I was like, this, why is it why called, is it called Storm, Storm and Fury? Fury? Yeah. And she was like, I feel, I felt Storm and Fury or something. I can read it later when we talk about it. But yeah. I just felt like that's the only thing that made it connected to the book. And I right. thought that was dumb. Yeah. So how... How did this book make you feel? Um, cringy. <laughs> yeah. I, to be honest, I was kind of mad that I had to finish the book. Not <laughs> <laughs> that, that's when you know it's not going well, guys. Yeah, like not that the the story. There were parts of the story I really, really enjoyed, but mm-hmm. I just felt cringy the whole time. I felt awkward the entire time. What about you? Yeah, no. So I had some confusion at the beginning because since we didn't read the Dark Elements books, there was a lot of points that didn't make any sense at yeah. first because we were still trying to figure, figure out what out was world. going on. Yeah. Um, and she kept it a secret for far too long what what Trinity was. I agree. And so I the agree. whole time, I think I missed out on some parts of the first part of the book because I just kept thinking... What, what the hell is, is she? Trinity? Why do yeah. they keep... And they kept making comments about it, but, like, the whole time I was like, but about what? I do like that they kind of made me guess what she is. Yeah. Like, because they took so long, I kept thinking in my head, oh, she's part demon. I thought that too, yeah. But then they're like, part angel. I was like, okay, it makes sense. Sure. Sure. Makes sure. sense. But I did think there were some pretty good funny parts. Like, I had a few chuckles out of oh, the Oh, yeah, book. for sure. There were some parts, Um, almost every part with Peanut I loved. Yeah. Um, there were some parts with, like, Roth and Layla that I liked. Yeah. Um. I think they're very cute. I love them. Yeah. Um, any part with Zane and Trinity, though, not into it. Or she's like, he called me Trin. I was like, doesn't everybody? <laughs> You've lived <laughs> But for... it's the way he says oh, it. Oh, my God. And then, well, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anything oh. else about, go ahead. Secondhand embarrassment. For sure, for sure, through almost the entire book, I just, it was either something that Trinity said, and I was like, ooh, yikes, gotta shield my eyes from this fucking book I'm reading, but also the smut section. But it wasn't, it was like, I have that on here, I was like, smut part, not good though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, considered smut, good no. <laughs> no. And my other thing was um, secondhand embarrassment with, like, her thoughts. Like, oh, she was yeah. always checking out saying She was, like, lustful. Like She was so super lustful. All she the thought about book. was... All she thought about was how he looked. Yeah. I was like, what about his personality? Or... Which, 
clearly had none. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you want to, um, so we can get into into the book, like actually talk about it, the setting of the book. So it's present day. Yes, it's modern times. Um, It takes place mostly in D.C., a little bit in Virginia. I'd say it's half and half. I'd say the okay. first half was like set in West Virginia where Trinity lives. Where at Jennifer Armantrop's from. Mm, oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, I found wow. that out too. I was wondering why she picked West Virginia. I, I thought it was weird she picked DC, so <laughs> yeah. it made sense. So the first half is set in West Virginia at a warden compound where Trinity lives. Yeah. She's lived there since she was like seven or eight, she th- said. Yeah, I think I think it was like six, um, but it might be seven. And then the second half of the book, roughly, she goes to D.C. with uh, Zane and his clan yeah. to not live at the compound. But no. we'll go into that later. Um, so it's very urban. It's very, you know, modern times. But it's I, not set in a way where you know about, like, all these mythical creatures. Like, most humans yeah. are supposed to not know that that exists. So yeah. that's kind of how she gets away with these, like... Other humans don't interact in the story mm-hmm. because they don't know, I guess. So I was going to go into the world building okay. next with that whole thought process. Okay. So because they're set in West Virginia and D.C., I feel like the author was just kind of assuming that you knew what those places yeah. looked like. I didn't really get a lot of description on those places that were surrounding them. But also, you know, these compounds are a very big part of the story yeah. and the plot. And I didn't really get a lot of description in that either. All they really talked about was Thierry's house. It sounds to me like, at least from what I was imagining, because I agree with you, there wasn't a lot. And I'm thinking maybe that's because we didn't read the first yeah, official and series be, that or whatever. Could be possible, but but like I imagine these big stone walls that surrounded just like a, your typical community, like village. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, you know those um. Yeah, Max's friends live in one. Like, his parents live in one. It's like a, a community that you kind of pay to live in. Oh, like a gated community? Yeah, that, it sounded like a gated community, yeah. but it was like a walled-in community. Okay. No, I got the kind, the same kind of vibes. Like, I pictured... I just pictured a really big circle, like, yeah, walled-in circle. That's exactly what I pictured. And then there's just a bunch of shit inside. <laughs> in the like, middle of the woods. <laughs> buildings. Apparently, it's big enough that there's a mall. Yeah. So, like, clearly, it's on, huge. She goes on, like, walks. Yeah. There's car accidents outside. Yeah. Like, like clearly, it's huge. So, but I, I just would have liked more about that. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, as far as the rest of the world building goes, I did, I did like the, you know, hierarchy between the demons and that there were different levels. I like that too. I, I was glad that, you know, demons weren't all just one thing. Yeah. There was different kinds. And, you know, some of them weren't supposed to be above ground and some of them were. Like, yeah. It was, it, was, it was different and I liked so that part. So I kind of have a comment on that. Okay. So I really felt like in the beginning when Jennifer was dis- Miss Armentrout. When the author was describing... <laughs> <laughs> Miss Mrs. I don't know if she's married. I don't know. <laughs> when the author's describing the different types of levels of demons, I mm-hmm. thought that was done really well. It yeah. helped me understand what we could be facing in the story. Yeah, no, I, I was really excited about that. Mm-hmm. What I didn't like is when you got outside of the compound... It felt like instead of explaining what kind of world we could be in and, like, what types of things you're going to find, every different battle interaction was a new type of species. And they just threw it in there to be like, hey, there are other species here, which I didn't think fit well. It just felt like she kept trying to widen the glossary of different mythological creatures in this world. Yeah. They were just kind of thrown there. Yeah. But I, I do want to say that I, I really enjoyed the demons that she did come up with. Yeah. I the, thought they the were very cool. The There was, like, ravers, which yeah. were, like, rats and that walked on two feet. Ew. Um, yeah, probably disgusting. <laughs> there was something called hellions, I Hellions, say. yeah. Um, they weren't the big, like, shadowy, tall, naked men, were they? I think they were the shadowy, were they? tall, I couldn't men. remember because there was also, like, those demons that were, like, very like pale skinned and had pointy ears. Like, I can't or remember bald what they were or something. Called. I can't. There was like three thing, three types of demons yeah. other than the like high level demons yeah. that she described. But I can't exactly remember except for the ravers. And I remember hellions. Just don't remember which one. Yeah, yeah. So I liked that too. I liked that there was a variety. I just wish that it was better explained. That like it just. You only saw the Hellions when they were the Hellions. Yeah. And then you only saw the Ravers. And I was just like, I feel like you're just throwing these in here. Yeah. Instead of being like, um, there were two Hellions and a, and a Raver in the and well, a, yeah. a boxed lunch. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't see any, like, mixture of Except the for the demons, one battle. Except for the very yeah. last battle. Um, 
I do want to say, make a point. We were talking about how lustful Trinity is. Oh my god. And when she was fighting what we're assuming to be the Hellions, we could be wrong though. <laughs> um, they're like these weird shadowy things that are like tall and whatnot. Yeah. But when they take their human form, they're like buff dudes yeah. that are always naked. And she just really had to make it a point multiple times to that say that they naked. are naked. That's why it was so cringy. And I was like, did you did you have to make it like a point? Yeah. Multiple points to say She was it? like, and he was still naked. I was like, yeah. what? Do you think he was going to put some yeah. fucking pants on? <laughs> did you think he was just going to snap his fingers and, oh, I'm wearing underwear now? Like, <laughs> no. Are you embarrassed? I guess. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I just... I feel like the author, Jennifer, my friend Jennifer, I feel like the author just kept being like, she's a teenager, so they're really horny right now. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think teenagers are that horny. No, I think that, that really only happens once. if you're with someone that you like. Yeah. Or like you're watching like a movie and you're like, we're, fuck, that guy's hot. We're not going to go into no. sex right now. But <laughs> what? Wait, what? <laughs> um, all right. So your typical, the story is. There's a girl. Mm-hmm. She is something special. Mm-hmm. Gargoyles actually um, are real. They're there to protect the human. So when you see a gargoyle, go up and pet it, you know. But not, not always. There are just some right. statue well, gargoyles. Because they have to be. Like, <laughs> right, how else right, would they right, know? Right. Yeah. Um, and the gargoyles, like, they can be in gargoyle form and have, like, really tough skin. But then they can also yeah. be almost human-like. And they have, like, really sharp claws. Yeah. And they their horns can pierce things because yeah. they're so sharp. Yeah. And they're so pretty, they're pretty badass sounding. So she has her own guardian gargoyle, Misha, so, who she grew up with. So pause. Yeah. Let's talk about Trinity real quick. Okay. So you find out Trinity is half angel. Right. And you will find out later on who her dad is. I called it from the freaking Same. beginning. They're like, she's like, you don't want to know who my dad is. And I'm like, oh, it's probably Michael. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. like, it's definitely Michael. Um, So she is half angel and she has this ability where she essentially, you know, let's say weaponizes her angelic blood. And it sounds like she can use like heaven's fire or something. And she creates this like fiery sword that just insta kills freaking wardens and demons and anything. I thought it was so interesting that it was like instantly. Yeah. One cut and they're dead. They burst in the flame. Jeez Louise. So... She is, you know, in what we would know if, you know, you read any kind of angelic stories, um, what they call a Nephilim. Yeah. So she's half human, half angel. Uh, but in the story in Storm and Fury, they call them trueborns. And apparently there were a bunch of them at one point. You know, I don't mean to cut you off, but it just occurred to me. So, like, she is only half trueborn. How is it that she has No, the full... Trueborns are half angel. That's oh, just another word for Nephilim. I thought... <laughs> yeah, you know what? That is correct. I did know that while I was reading the story. For some reason right now, I was like... That's not right. Why does that work? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, continue, continue. So apparently there were a lot of Trueborns before, but because of what they are, they were hunted down by demons and angels alike because demons wanted to eat and them. And witches. And witches. Uh, because essentially they wanted to eat the trueborns because they thought they could get into heaven. Correct. And if they didn't eat them, they sold their parts in the dark market. Not the black market, the dark market. Oh, man. Mrs. Trout. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so when there was a lot of trueborns, uh, essentially every trueborn had a protector. And it was always a warden. And essentially being bonded to a warden would alleviate some of their, you know, human aspects so that they could handle the power yeah. from the angels. Um, but also because they were sought after, they were there to protect them and save their lives. And their if life is connected. Connected. So yeah. the, essentially it's like, hey, if if I die, instead of me dying, you're going to die. Well, and then I can stay. I have an extra life, essentially. Yes. and then But if the warden dies... Just the word Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So it's also, what's that book that we did with the blood, the blood drops? Ah, fudge. Oh, 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 oh. That was Bloodleaf. Uh, in Bloodleaf. It's yeah. exactly like that. Where yeah. They made a was, pact, a yeah, bond. And three with, of them, with their magic. life. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, that's, we should do a mini episode on that because the that plot was a twists good, in that, that series. That was a good book. Oh. Well, we could do so, two mini episodes when we read the third book. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, continue. So... 
wardens um, and they're being a protector, that's like chosen at birth for them. Yeah. And essentially, they're already connected to their trueborn before they even have a bond. Right. And they always thought that that was going to be this guy named Misha. Uh, he's a warden who's been with Trinity since they were both kids. Yeah, when she and... arrived at the compound, they were together. I thought yeah. this was dumb. I thought it was dumb on Theory and Matthew's part yeah. to be like, hey, we're going to bond these two because they're have a because they friends. Right, right. So they mis- they uh, made a mistake. <laughs> and essentially they thought that Misha was her supposedly destined right. protector. But it turns out that he's not. That's the big plot twist of this book. Yeah. So I think we're kind of getting back into retelling. So we could probably, yeah. you know, whatever. But... Uh, yeah, I did not like this. I thought that it was sloppy. So, so the plot twist is Misha is bad guy, not supposed to be her protector. Apparently, it was wrong, and he. Go ahead. <laughs> he has been plotting against her the whole time, the whole time, the time, because he feels up. Uh, he's upset that he's not important. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. I want to get up and like just be okay. Two things. Mm-hmm. One, the mm-hmm. moment Zane arrived, I knew that he was supposed to be her protector. Oh, yep, knew it. I don't Called understand, it. like, waiting till the last chapter to be like, hey, just so you guys By the know. way. Like, we've known <laughs> yeah. Mrs. I Armandrout. I don't understand how Trinity didn't think anything of it. Well, She's like, I feel a connection to Zane. Okay. Yeah, so why don't you figure out what it is? Okay, so two two other things. Mm-hmm. Um. The amount of things that happened with Zane when they were immediately connected, why did she not know that those are what she's supposed to feel? They have the same heartbeat now. They could feel each other's emotions. Yep. You didn't feel all that with Misha. So no, how did you, you just not knew that know? He was connected to you. Yeah. Two, on theory, theory and Matthew's part, like, when, what in your right mind is like, hey, they have good connection. We put them together. Oh, shit. We shouldn't have done that. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You have the last trueborn. You'd think yeah. that you'd do a little more than just well, throw them together. Tor- and then towards the end, when she's talking to Matthew, Matthew's like, when we saw Zane and the way that you guys were drawn to each they other, knew. we knew that we made a mistake. So you've known this. and in- So this whole time you didn't know? Because to me, I feel like you guys should have been more responsible to say, hey... Do you feel these things? Yeah. Because if not, then this isn't your person. We should be, break the yeah, bond. Yeah, you'd think that there's, like, a lot of books about this since there were a lot of Trueborns before. Yeah. So maybe you'd have more information on what this is supposed to oh, be like. and you know, your dad's Michael. So right. maybe he would have more information on that. Right. But then we did find out later, Michael just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> like, he was just like, yeah. I knew the whole time, but yeah. it's, it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> Oh my gosh. How did you feel when that plot twist came out? Like, were you so, surprised? I was surprised because they they definitely make it a point to be like, uh, Trinity is doing everything she can to find Visha because, you know, it's her best friend yeah. and they're connected, blah, blah, blah. And the fact that, you know, Misha was still alive because she would be able to know if he wasn't. Um, I was getting suspicious after a few chapters. Like, why is he still alive? Why is he still alive? Like, if... They've been torturing him. They would have already gotten the information or they just would have killed him. And And then it wouldn't affect Trinity if they were after her because he would have died by himself. They do explain it away as like, maybe it's them trying to lure me to him. Yeah, yeah, they did do that. But I still felt like it was dumb. Yeah, I still felt like it wasn't super thought out. um, I also felt like her going to DC wasn't super thought out. Like, they were like, hey, okay, so basically, you all know, the demons attack the party, and then out of nowhere, Misha's missing, and she's running, and um, she decides she's just going to DC because they just kind of decide, oh, that's where the demon will take him. Yeah, they do do that. How con- <laughs> how convenient that the demon's gonna take him where Zane is gonna be going. Yeah. I thought that was stupid. <laughs> I think they tried to explain it of like, we've seen this demon in DC before, so he'll probably go back there. Now, I did really, really enjoy that they were like, hey, most of the, the demon hub is DC because all the politicians. I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah that's, that checks out. Yeah, that's, that super checks out. <laughs> but I, I just felt like it was just like forced, like, oh, 
you have to go with Zane. And then right. you go with Zane. And I thought it was weird that Peanut could go along. I thought that was strange. But yeah. okay, whatever. He's like a, a different ghost, they've said. Yeah. Because he can, like, pick things up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he knows he's dead. But then they get there. Get, they get there, and they're going to share at his house together. Yeah. That apparently has no character. I d- it's all concrete. I d- what? <laughs> I didn't think that made any sense either. It just felt... I don't know how you felt, but the whole entire book, I just felt like she was forcing sexual tension for her and Zane. And then when the sexual smutty part happened, it was awkward because it didn't feel like it was needed or necessary or their time for that yet. Yeah. It was just uh, Trinity forcing upon... Zane, her her own sexual tension, and yeah. Zane being like Edward Cullen. No, I can't. Yes, I can. Yeah, there were a lot of those like push and pull yeah. uh, aspects, and I'm just gonna go out and say that my least favorite part uh, was actually the smut section. So was mine because so like, all right, she's 18. I don't really know at this point that like. How far an 18-year-old would go. Right, for sure. But it was just like, they both were like, ah, we're virgins, so maybe we shouldn't. But, like, you want to, so... I don't feel like normal rules apply to you here. He's a warden, and you're half-angel. What the hell does it matter? If you want to have sex, have sex. So I (laughs) thought what was weird was they're, like, in... They're in the bathroom healing a bleeding wound. Yep. Okay, then we forget the bleeding wound is there, Uh and he, like, puts her, first of all, the most awkward, he, like, puts her on the the counter, you know, which is hot. Usually Mm -hmm. you're like, that's hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but then she says, and then he put himself in between me, and I could feel his hard up on me or something, and I was like, ew! It was 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 weird (laughs) and awkward. And then he's like, she's like, we should meh yeah and he's like no and then she doesn't she doesn't pursue anymore and he starts making out with her and then bringing her to the bed i think that was the part where he's like you want to kiss me don't you oh yeah and she's like yes and he just makes out with her okay so then he takes her to the bed and he's like actually i'm a virgin this man has such energy that he's not a virgin it did not make any sense this man fucks this man fucks yeah he's fucked a lot (laughs) Okay, so that didn't make any sense to me. And then what else didn't make any sense to me is he's like, I'm a virgin. And it was so, like, dainty. He was like, I'm a virgin. Is that okay? And she was like, sure, whatever. And you don't really get the feeling that Trinity's a virgin at that point. But then he's, like, checking on her the whole time as if she's the virgin. He's like, is this so? Let me know if it's too far. Let me. And I was like, I don't want to hear any more about this. Yeah, he's like, I've done other things. I just, I don't know. So when we, when we like vaguely talked about this on Tuesday, we were like, I described this as a scene from a movie. (laughs) If you've seen Bad Teacher with, what's her name? Kristen something. I I forget the main actress. I can't remember. She's that blonde girl. But Justin Timberlake plays a teacher in that movie. And. He's, like, this weird, awkward guy, but she's, like, trying... Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Yeah. So Cameron Diaz is trying to get with Justin Timberlake in this movie, and there's a part where he starts dating another teacher, (laughs) and they're on this, like, retreat, and she's, like, in his room, and they're, like, about to get it on, but then they just dry hump the whole time. That's what this was. And that's what this scene (laughs) felt like to me. Super (laughs) awkward, but, like... (sighs) Oh, my God. You just reminded me of something else that was super awkward. What? Why, when she was leaving the compound and she, like, packed her shit up, why did she grab his hand and hold his hand to walk out? Like, at that point, they basically hated each other but were, like, friendly and she had, like, the connection. And she was like, after I closed my suitcase, I I grabbed his hand. I don't even know why. And they walked out. Yeah, that was weird. It was, like, unexplained and... That explains how weird this sexual smut smut part was. Yeah. Like, it just did not feel... It just felt like everything was happening at a a rate that would not normally happen. Yeah. Because they wanted a romance. And to be honest, I would have loved the push-pull for the rest of this book and had the smut smut next next book, book. Where it felt appropriate and not awkward. And actual sex. 
Well, I w- they don't have to have actual sex, but like weird dry humping is not what I wanted. It, well, that's what I'm saying. I don't I don't want what they did in this book. Also, like I don't need just any more lustful hot, conversations in yeah. Trinity's mind. They could have just had a real hot makeout session, and, and that would have been, been cool. That would have been cool. But they had to go to dry humping, and it, I just wasn't in it. Which you know what makes me a little more concerned is we've talked about this earlier. Like these books are for teenagers, and a lot of characters in these books then are teenagers. But these books, these characters are adults. She's yeah. 18 and he's, he's 21. Like 21 or something, yeah. So they're adults. Yeah, for sure. And it was still awkward for me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> so let's, <laughs> so moving on okay. to our favorite part. Wait, wait, wait. I want to make sure that is my least favorite part. Oh, here, here. I'm going to read exactly what my, my thing says. Okay. It says, cringy. <laughs> I know that we are reading, we are adults reading YA. I get that. I get that the writing can sometimes come across the um, that way heavily and i always leave room in my review for that we are adults reading books meant for teenagers that's the reality they're just books like this for like there aren't books like this for adults but the writing of this was way too cringy specifically the dialogues the things trin said sometimes i would just have to stop and be like did jeremy trout want this to be cringy or does she think kids talk like this also can we talk about the smut ew (laughs) (laughs) Um, wait, I'm going to take this moment to read some of the weird some dialogue of the weird dialogue. and <clears throat> Things, welcome back to Things Trinity Said That Came Across Real Fucking Weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> crap on a cracker the size of Texas. <laughs> I, I really tried to be quiet for while you ran all of them, but I can't. You, sh- I, you should have been so we could have put like a <laughs> like an elevator music behind it. Um, the other one I wrote down specifically was <clears throat> what we felt was damn near perfect. Honestly, barf. There, remember after they had this sex scene thing, yeah. and like later on they're like fighting because she finds out he loves Layla, which we all fucking knew from the book. I said a lot of f words in this. I don't know. <laughs> this is rated R. It um, is marked explicit. Um, uh. What we felt was damn near perfect. Your dry humping session was damn near perfect to you. <laughs> other quotes oh by other quotes by yours truly, Trinity Myro. Mm-hmm. Utter crazy pants with a side of craziness sauce. What? <laughs> I just I couldn't. Also, I have written here. This doesn't really matter. Um, this grilled cheese decision is not this big of a deal. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> It's not. She's like, oh I've God. never made a grilled cheese. And he's like, I can, I can show you. And she was like, I didn't know if I should say yes or not. I was like, it's fucking grilled cheese. Yeah. You put butter on both sides and you're grilled. It's not that difficult. Um, One of the things that I remember in the monologue is uh, she has two daggers that she fights with. And she describes them as wickedly sharp Ugh. blades. <laughs> Okay, you know what? I could have let and it pass if it was one time. Yeah, they said it twice. Not once, but twice. <laughs> I just, the the writing was cringy. I couldn't, yeah. I can't help it. And I've never read another Jennifer book, so. Yeah. I, maybe it's, maybe not. it's not always this yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, this book? Yeah. Bad. From the books that we've read, this is definitely the most immature I agree. writing style that we've had. And that, that makes me kind of sad. Yeah. Okay, we can go back to what you liked most, because, okay. you know, we could harbor on shit we didn't like for a while so i already kind of talked about what i liked most um and it's the hierarchy of the demons demons and the descriptions of them um and i like that there's a lot of diverse characters like i like roth and layla um i like peanut because i think he's funny yeah um i don't i don't like (laughs) trinity or zane um i I also i like matthew but i don't like theory i agree um yeah, I just I do. I love that they're gay dads though. I oh I I love that. Love that. Love yeah. that. Um oh Jada, her friend Jada yeah. and Ty, very cute. Yeah. I loved uh Dez. Yeah, Dez. His wife. Yeah, and she's her badass. sister. Love them. Their little demon half yeah. or warden child. Love her. Izzy, I think it is. Yeah. They are very cute. I love that whole little family yeah. uh that's going on in the DC compound. Um and then I'm just going to go right into my most memorable scene, okay. and then you can do both. Yeah. So my the, the the scene that stuck with me the most, okay, it was when the Archangel Michael came, okay, at the end of the book, 
And it's because throughout the entire book, they talk about how angels don't have emotion and they don't know love. Right. Everything that they do has been learned from humans. And has a purpose. And they basically imitate the notions that mean love and emotion. But when Michael comes, Trinity asks him a rhetorical question. She wasn't really trying to get an answer from it. And he shrugs. He's just like, meh, don't (laughs) care. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's a human emotion. Indifference? Sounds like a human yeah, emotion. Yeah, I feel like it should be more robotic. Like, it should uh, just be like, yeah. here is the answer. Like, yeah. someone who doesn't have emotion would be like, here's your answer. Right. There's no emotion behind it, just this is the right. fact of it. It's very factual. For him to be indifferent towards something that his daughter is saying, um, which I don't I don't expect him to have any, you know, parental right. love and emotion towards Trinity because he, he's an angel. He's His whole job is to keep Trinity alive because she's the last true boy, not because she's his daughter. Right. Um, so I never expected that from him, but the fact that he was indifferent in that moment, it just kind of like, it really stuck with me because I was like, man, this whole time you guys are talking about how angels have no emotion. And then you give, you, you present the most powerful, you know, angel that you could possibly present to us. And he's showing indifference. Weird. Now I get that like indifference is something that maybe a lot of people don't feel is like a super big emotion, but I see what you're saying. A hundred percent. Like he should have been very factual analytical kind of thing yeah for sure um anything else from you nope what What am i telling you my favorite part my favorite my favorite part my favorite characters about the book and the scene that stuck out uh so what you like most about the book and the scene that stuck out and then we'll do characters okay um so what i enjoyed most about the book so i did enjoy the average world i liked that it was a world that we live in Mm -hmm. and that we could kind of fantasize that maybe maybe around us there are demons and there are things keeping those are always those are always good yeah Yeah. um i also loved the idea that gargoyles are real Mm -hmm. that they are there to protect us i like that idea i think that's kind of new i haven't really um, expressed that a lot i've seen it in a movie okay i can't tell you what movie but it's not enough that that you've seen it a lot yeah no um So, and I also just loved every part of Layla and Roth. Yeah. I love them. What I didn't like, and maybe I would like more if once we read the beginning series, what I didn't like was this like weird pull from Layla to Zane, because I know that like they ended up discussing that they had like a relationship kind of, and she stole part of his soul. And like, that was like a whole thing. But I just felt like at this point had she, since she had already picked Roth, that there shouldn't be this weird tension from Layla. Right. It makes sense that Zane still has tension. Because he hasn't Layla, really gotten over it. Yeah, it shouldn't be so weird. She chose Roth. Right. You made your decision. Right. Yeah. So I I thought that that was weird, but I loved Roth and Layla together they were very in cute. general. They, mm-hmm. they were just great. Um, the scene that stuck out with me the most is the steamy scene. Mm, that's because fair. That's it fair. was so awkward for me. Like, they... There was a lot of weird character interaction between them, a do they don't they thing, which is fine. Um, there was a lot of interaction that I didn't understand why they were reacting the way they were. So by the time they were having this steamy moment, I just felt like it was like strange. Yeah. And the conversation that led up to it, like they had just had another steamy moment moments like before on the top of the roof, which was also just as awkward. And that's when she was like, um, I could feel his hard, whatever. And then when she talks about them having sex here, she's like, was that, did you like what we happened Mm -hmm. up there? And I was like, did you fucking what? (laughs) Ew. Well, (laughs) she asked him, she's like, did you even like what happened or something? And he's like, couldn't you feel me? Oh yeah, that's what it was. (laughs) That's what I was like, ew. I was like, please don't. Please Didn't you feel how much I liked it? I was like, oh. (laughs) Barf. Barf. Because you know men think that, but they don't, they don't say, say it. it and no. if they do say it, you're not sleeping with them that evening. Like <laughs> you'd be if like you date a man that is that cringy with his words. There's run. no way yeah. Fucking run. <laughs> he read this book. <laughs> <laughs> so I just felt like you know what I even said to Max, my fiance, whenever I was reading this, I was like, um, they said this, and usually these sort of things come from male authors. Male authors yeah. write shit like this because yeah. they think women like that. And I'm a woman here, and I'm sitting here telling you, <laughs> we don't. No. So whenever I was like, it's a lady who yeah. wrote this, I was like, are you sure she wrote this? Because this is so male cringy. Yeah. Male author cringy. Yeah. So that was my 
scene that stuck out the most. Mm-hmm. Um, but I completely agree about the Michael scene. I think it's a little um, like the review that you gave. The ending of the book does happen so yeah. fast. And I think yeah. that there was room for some extra like, length there. Mm-hmm. I will say that in the book review that you said, the girl was like, it could be 300 pages in a set of 500. I didn't feel like that. I thought it was paced okay. I thought it was paced great. Actually, yeah. that's one of our questions down here. And yeah. I wrote that like... I thought it was paced nicely. I felt like there was always something happening that was moving the story along. I liked that. Um, I think that Peanut was a big piece of that. Like, whenever it would have been downtime, Peanut kind of moved the story along. I could have used with a few more pages on what was happening at the end there. Yeah. So, um, go ahead um, with your favorite characters and least favorite characters. So, my favorite character is a toss-up between Roth and Peanut. Okay. Because they were the two characters that gave me my, like, few giggles and chuckles from the book. Yeah. Um, and then my least favorite is actually Thierry. Okay. Just because I think as a character, he lacked some stuff. Okay. Like, I think, I think Matthew was really good. I think, you know, he had that, you know, caring father aspect, yeah. but he also, you know, had like that leadership aspect. Yeah. Whereas Thier- Thierry was all leadership. He wasn't a big I didn't father. really get the father figure, which is fine. He doesn't need to be. But I feel like there needs to be more to him than just being this yeah. strong leader that of That she compound. was afraid of, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So I just felt like he was lacking a little. I can see that. Yeah. Um, my favorite was author also Roth. Okay. Um, 100%. I yeah. literally wrote that. Roth, 100%. <clears throat> I loved him. Yeah. I thought he was great. I loved his interaction Sarcasm. with Layla. I loved their love. <laughs> yeah. Um... The only interaction with Roth that I did not like is when Roth was in the elevator with Trinity. Telling her about Layla. Yeah, and it wasn't necessarily that I didn't like the entire time. I just felt like them getting back into the elevator and him just bringing it back up was a little out of character. I felt like Trinity should have brought it back up. Mm -hmm. But I did like that he was like, look, I don't want him to be... Nobody wants him to be with someone more than I do. And I did like that a lot. But I just felt like it was a little awkward that he brought it up. Yeah, Um, I agree. Least favorite character? <coughs> Trinity. <laughs> That's respectable. Um, I said, I don't know what it is. She just doesn't know have anything for me to be interested in. She says weird shit. Mm-hmm. She likes, she's like a sex crazed teenager all the time saying yeah. weird shit about Zane's body. Yep. Just, I'm just not into the girl. I'm not into her thought process. Yeah. I'm not into, she's selfish. She's very selfish nosy. and self-centered and nosy. I'm nosy, so I can't like hate her but on she's that. like super nosy. Yeah, yeah. So I just. There was nothing for me to like about her. I think the only thing I could say about Trinity is that I do like that she's a different kind of protagonist. I agree that with that. I like that she can be sassy and sarcastic. Um, but it's weird. Like, but it's it not could have been like, done better. Yeah, yeah, no. So I agree that she isn't that great of a protagonist. I just like the idea of her being a different type of protagonist. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think that if if it was a little less immature, that would totally, totally work. Right. Um, but it just didn't. And maybe second or third Burke. 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 That, maybe on that next Burke. <laughs> <laughs> oh maybe God. the second or third book um, will like her a little more. Maybe that's kind of what have, happened like, with... Maybe um, bigger character development. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of what happened with Alina in the last she book. Like, I wasn't... a little bit. Yeah. Um, but right now, least favorite character. Yeah, I get that. <clears throat> Um, my least favorite question for this book, because I have not much to say, what questions do you have right now? I have two. Okay. My, the big one, and I'm sure everyone is asking this, what is the Harbinger? That's my only question. Yeah. Like, and why is he so big, is what I said. (laughs) There's like, no, there's nothing about him in this book. Well, it's only- All they do is bring it up. They just name him. It's the Harbinger. Okay, cool. The only things that we know about him is that he is the one attacking DC, but we don't even know anything about that. We just know he's killing demons and wardens. And we know that it's neither of those things. Yes. It's not a demon. They don't really- Michael brings it up. say what it is. Yeah, Michael just says, it's big. It's It's big baddie. Yep. Here you are. Uh, Well, now we know your one question. Yes. (laughs) My other question- uh, and this was, I kind of had to force myself to come up with a okay. question, <laughs> but it is kind of important. So in the book, um, at some point, Trinity will say that she had a crush on Misha for like 0.2 seconds yeah, and they kissed and they kissed and they were immediately told that that can never happen because protectors and the trueborns can't be together because it messes up the bond. Yeah. Okay. Well, Trinity, Trinity and Zane get bonded in the end of the book yeah. because- He's her true protector. And now I have that, you know, question of like, they've already had that one weird scene. Yeah. Will they actually be able to be together? So 
To be honest, I didn't ask that question because in my mind I already had an answer. But now that we're discussing the book, which is what always happened, Mm -hmm. I realized that my answer is incorrect. So in my mind, I didn't ask the question because I thought, oh, well, they decided to tell her that she couldn't be with Misha because they knew Misha was not her actual protector. But now we just discussed that they actually didn't know until Zane arrived that they were wrong. Um... So now I do have that same exact question. Can mm-hmm. they be together? Or are we wrong and we just misunderstood and they did know the whole time. They just didn't know who was supposed to be her actual protector. Yeah. And so it is the same reason. We just didn't want her to end up with Misha and him not be her person. So right. I feel like it's a little strange that they couldn't be together when their heart, hearts beat together and they feel each other's emotions so much. I agree. I feel like you would want them to be together. Because like, it would how are they going to be more. able to be with anyone else? Yeah. So I think that's a little strange, too. I also thought I have two feelings about Misha be uh, not Misha, about Zane being healed because he was her protector. I felt like that was kind of a catch-all, but I also felt like it was a good opportunity for there to be, like, a fear that he was going to die and then him be back together. I do want to make one note about yeah. the healing thing. So Michael comes down. Zane is beat to shit. Like, he's gonna, he's die. gonna die. And Michael heals them both. Yes. Like, you know, Trinity was pretty beat up because she was fighting. They were just Zane in, like, a big was war. like super dying. <laughs> and Michael comes down and he heals them. Yes. Okay, cool. You're an angel. Whatever. Yeah. Why can't he heal her disease? <laughs> like, you can bring someone basically back from the brink of death, but you can't heal her eye disease? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> like, it's, I know you don't feel parental love for this human, half-human person, but it is technically your daughter, and you should know that she has this disease right, right. because you're an angel. Also, like, you want to save her, so don't you want to Also, you see? want her to be able to fight bad things. Correct. Maybe you should fix her I didn't sight. Even think, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, There is one more point I want to make, because I know we're rounding to the end of this about, like, the book itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... Something I was really upset about is how little was said or how little was worked into the book about Misha being murdered. So mm. she has to kill the only person she's ever loved. Not even not like a like a romantic, romantic love, but yeah. a friendship love. Like yeah. this person she left her safe compound for. Yeah. She was willing to do anything for to whatever. She interacted with the witches and mm-hmm. found out about the senator and all that stuff. And then she just sees Zane. About dying. to die. Mm-hmm. And she just Instantly. kills him. Instantly. And then it's not even like she has a big mourning at the end of that. She just... She did cry in the woods. She cried in the woods at the very end. Yeah. That's true. About like, Misha and her mom. But, like, when it happened, it was just like, yeah, I just did that. My dad's coming. <laughs> Zane's her. And I was like... I feel like it was supposed to, you know... It was supposed to say, like, hey, she doesn't have a moment to grieve yet because Zane's dying and that's important. That's fair. And her dad's coming. That's also important. That's fair. That's that's the only thing I could really think. Um, I also thought it was weird that in one breath when her dad's here, the angel Michael, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he's like, I don't really like that you that you, Zane, want to protect the demons, but I am going to bind you with my daughter now because you're supposed to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he made it a point to say, I am, I want to say he either said disappointed or he said something, um, but he was basically grossed out by the fact that Zane supports some demons. Oh, yeah. Also, I just also want to go back to um, Misha did all this because he didn't feel special. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he literally goes into detail. Everyone thought you were the special one. You're yeah. not special. I want to be special. Yeah. What? Well, and what? He, and you created this, a war? This person thought I was special, and that's why I joined forces with him, essentially. What? Like, what? Um, I did write down the Storm and Fury, just to make you guys understand, If unless you didn't pick it up. Um, she said, I was nothing more than Storm and Fury as I stepped forward and Misha looked up at me. He rose. I love you, I said, and Misha's eyes widened. There was a flicker of surprise, almost as if he couldn't believe I was going to do it. And for a brief second, I didn't know what he wanted from me, what he expected. Didn't he know me at all? Didn't he know there was no way I'd let him kill Zane? Didn't he know you at all? Bitch, you hated Zane before he, when he last met you. Yeah. Ugh. That's all I have to say. 
That's it. That's it. <clears throat> well, um, I think these next points we've already really talked about, about the book being titled yeah. and how we didn't really like it. Um, we both already said that we thought the book was paced well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that goes along with, you know, it's a pretty good length. Yeah. I think, I think it was a little long for a first book. Okay. Um, typically, just because most books are usually around the 300 pages. Yeah. But I didn't think it was a bad thing. Um, it just... I, I guess in the end, I was just like, man, this book's going to take me longer to read. <laughs> if anything, I think it could be a little longer for the ending or cut out some of the beginning I'd say come out, or the yeah, beginning. Cut the out ending. some of the beginning or middle, you know, some of the weird interactions between her and Zane to add a little all more to the end. Cut out all the <laughs> Well, we can't ask How that. about we cut out every dialogue <laughs> moment that uh, um, Trinity had? She's a mute now. She's not blind. She's a mute. That's what we should do. <laughs> I thought about, like, if you made a book like that with a character that was mute, like, like how where all she could go? It would just all be internal monologue. Yeah. With external monologue for other characters. That would be cool. Yeah. All right. Favorite quotes? (sighs) You go first. All right. So I have two quotes. I bet you they're the same because we both hated the book. Um, It is kind of disappointing that they are about Zane or from Zane. (laughs) Even though I didn't really like him. But they are good quotes. They're just good good words that are put together Both in a sentence. Both of mine are also about Zane. Also good words put together in a sentence. So the first one is... Now, this, I'm going to make a quick point. Um, Because Trinity is going blind, essentially, uh, she went to a doctor's appointment, and the first, one of the first questions the doctor asked her is if she can still see stars. Yeah. And she said that she had to really think about it, and when she said yes, after that, she always made it a point to look at the stars. Yes. So, when she's telling Zane about having this um, disease with her eyes, uh, she tells him about the stars. And she says, uh, well, he asked her if she could see the stars. And she said, yeah. And she pointed out, like, three of them. Yeah. And he just kind of, like, got quiet. And she's like, I'm guessing the sky is full of stars. He says, it is. But the only ones that matter are the ones you see. Uh-huh. I that was cute. Um, I just want to make another note while mm-hmm. because of that. That made me think of it. Um, a realization I've literally just had right now is... You know, I thought it was so strange that um, Misha wouldn't take her to see the stars. And this was before we knew that Misha was the bad guy. I thought that was so weird. Yeah, But just now I'm thinking Misha didn't want to bring her any joy. Yeah. Like, he didn't want to bring joy. He wanted her to He wanted her to stay inside all the time. Yeah, because that wouldn't bring her joy. And so if he had just taken the moment to fly her up to see the stars as a friend of hers... It would have been her biggest dream come true, and he wasn't giving her that. Mm-hmm. He was not going to do that. So it this literally, I just was like, you know what? That's exactly why. Because I thought it was so strange that he just wouldn't take her to see the fuck. I have a random question that probably won't ever be answered. Okay, did Misha actually like that one girl, that other warden mm. that he was like flirting with? What was with? her name? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember her name either. I feel like I think it was Elena. Mm. It might have been Alina. I think it was Alina. Because I remember saying there was another character that or has Alana, the same name. Or Alana, something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like it was just an excuse to get her alone so that these sort of instances could happen. That's that's probably yeah. very true. So, but who knows? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. He's dead now, so we'll never know. Right. Exactly. Anyway, your <laughs> other quote. My second quote, uh, this is about Zane. And this was a uh, Trinity monologue. She said, a slow, heart-wrenching smile pulled at his lips. A real one. And it was the kind of smile that could break hearts and rebuild them. That's my first quote. And when you were going to read the quote, the first one, I was like, I bet you she's going to start with a slow. And then you didn't. I was like, okay, cool. We made it past one. Did not make it past (laughs) one. That that shows you, though, how little... Like, I had a hard time finding favorite quotes in this book. Yeah. Because I I hated most of the monologues. Here's a here's a secret about Megan when she reads books. She never uh, writes down quotes anymore. <laughs> she did that the first like two books that she read, and now she doesn't do that. And she just goes on Goodreads and looks in the oh quote section God. to find really cool ones that she likes. So I do both. I write down quotes I like whenever I'm reading. I just but well, I there sometimes things really click with me. My mm. second quote that is not the same as your quotes um, is something that really clicked with me, and actually I ended up putting it on this social media site because I just really liked it that much. Um, it's when I read it, you're going to be like, yeah, that's a Shandal quote. Cause you know me really well. It's something I would really like, but then I do look on Goodreads because sometimes when you pull a quote out of context from the book, 
um, and you just read it for what it is at that moment, sometimes a quote can really click with me that way too. Um, but my second one is even off evil often cloaked itself in innocence, which I loved. I was like, man, that is something yeah, that I would that's say. It's good. It's good. Okay. Did the book remind you of any series that you read? Nope. It reminded <laughs> me of Bloodleaf only on the connection to somebody. That person dies, you mm-hmm. live. Okay. And drumroll. What did you rate the book? I'm actually really freaking curious. I rated it a 3.5. Okay. Um, You're always so generous with your ratings. I try to be. <laughs> I try to understand that these are YA books and and also it's we're going not to, authors it's, at this yeah, point it's going to lack at this point <laughs> uh, it's going to lack a lot of things that i look for as an adult yeah for as sure. a 26 year old woman wow you old <laughs> i am old as fuck no i'm kidding um so i try to be lenient yeah. with the books that i read but the main points that or the main things that took away from the rating are going to be the romancy stuff was just not yeah. good. Um, there were a couple plot points that were just kind of weird. But overall, I enjoy the world that this author has created. Yeah, for sure. And I enjoy the whole demon warden thing. Um, I think what really takes away from the book is the relationship between Zane and Trinity. For sure. I'm guessing you gave it like two stars. Okay, so girl. Girl. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I sat down and thought about this for literally 20 minutes. Literally 20 minutes. I was like, what am I going to rate this book? And I know that I'm always more critical of the book than, than you are. So my my rating is typically lower than yours. Um, and I don't leave a lot of room for the plot. Like, the plot needs to be good, whether it's YA, adult fiction, documentary style writing. Like, it needs to be good. Um, and I originally thought I was going to give it two stars, but I didn't. Three? I did not give it three stars. <laughs> One. I gave it 2.8. Oh. And here's what I wrote. <laughs> Listen. I'm sorry, but that is so <laughs> fucking specific. Yeah, yeah, Not 2.5. Nope. 2.8. I have a reason. Okay. I said, I'm not going to lie. I hate to do this, but I give it a 2.8. It's not really a three for me, but it's not a two. Like, it's a good book. You should read it. If you mm-hmm. haven't read it and you've listened to this podcast, A, you did it backwards. Yeah. But B, <laughs> but B, you should read it. it yeah. It's a good, it's a good book. Yeah. But it could be better. Yeah. It could be better. There are pieces that aren't great about it. And a five-star book is a book that has basically nothing wrong with it for me. A four-star book is a book that has like, there's like a thing that kind of bothered me, but there's a lot in this book that bothered me. There's a yeah. lot of awkward forced stuff and it's throughout the entire book. It's not yeah. one chapter or a couple chapters. No, I agree. It's the whole thing. I can't give it a three, but I can't give it a 2.5. So it's a 2.8. We got a 2.8. All right. <laughs> I have like, I have like a rubric. You should have went with 2.75. <laughs> you know, if I really wanted to be a jerk. Yeah. No, 2.8. So I don't know. I don't know. You Come at me on social media if you don't think that's an appropriate rating or if you think we should stick to the mm-hmm. 0.5s. But right now we're at a 2.8. All right. I just want to add, so we have like a rubric that we fill out for these. Yeah. And one of our points on there is asking if we'd read another book or series by this author. Yes. And I just want to say it's hard to judge at this point yeah. just because of this one book that we've read by this author. Yeah. But I do want to say we do have two other series, actual series, yeah. on our list by this author. And one of them is from Blood and Ash. That's Ooh, her series. And that looks so good. A lot of people have a lot to say about that one. And that's supposed to be, I want to say, six books. Okay. And the fourth one comes out uh, next year in March. So my thing about that comment, and I didn't even... I didn't even answer that question because usually we wait till the end of the series anyway. Mm-hmm. We we like to give everyone the fair shot. Like, yeah. y- this is a series. We're going to read the whole series. Oh, you know? for sure. For sure. Um, so right now I agree. It's hard to say. Yeah. Um, at the end of the series, I'd know more. But if this was a standalone book, if this, was, um, this wasn't a series, I would not lie and say that I'd be a little hesitant to start another That's book. That's fair. That's fair. Because you'd have the whole, the entirety of what the intention of the book was. Yeah. So until we get that whole plot line, whatever. Yeah. But if the end of this series is good, I'd be interested in reading the beginning of what the series should have been. Right. Um, but I guess we'll see when yeah. we get there. Uh, right. So Any that's last it. Thoughts? No, I think I'm good. Okay. I think I got it all out. I think, 
um, this format works pretty well for us. Yeah. Uh, I think we still get to talk about, you know, the really interesting parts or not interesting parts. Yeah. Um, but also it's, you know, limits it, limits it, meh, 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 words, down to, you know, about an hour. So yeah. we're, it, we're a little over be, an hour, but. It'll probably be a little shorter as we get, as we get it down. Yeah. You know, we still got a little um, retelling-ish, yeah. you know, while we were in there. So it'll, it'll be better. We'll yeah. be shorter. We'll match your, your needs. But um, for now, I agree. I don't have much else to say about the book. Do you right. want to retell everyone where to find us on social media or do you want to do announcements first? Uh, let's go ahead and do announcements. Okay, go ahead. All right. So our next episode for this series is going to be May 31st, last day of the month. Okay. And it's going to be for the second book in the series called Rage and Ruin. I had to pull this up because I was going to call it Ruin and Rising (laughs) because that's just how similar they are. But Rage and Ruin is the second book and that'll be on the 31st. Which is the Monday. It is the Monday two weeks from now. Yes. We... We'll not have an episode next Monday unless we decide to throw in a filler episode. At this point, we decided that we don't want to do our two-episode thing for each book. Right. So we are going to try and come up with some ideas for filler episodes so that we can still release something every week for you guys. And just be there. Like, I really want to connect with the readers and and the listeners and hear what you guys think about books. Like the whole idea of this podcast is to be a book club. Right. And like, we've been a book club of two for almost two years now. We started about a year ago in December. Right. And then last December we hit our one year. We didn't read all year. Like we are doing this year, but we started. Yeah. And I just, I really want to interact with the listeners and hear what you guys are thinking and what you guys or if you agree, if you disagree, if there are mm-hmm. some plot points that we missed and you want to discuss them, like, right. let us know. And we can do an episode where we're like, hey, we saw people are saying this and this connected with me. Mm-hmm. Let's go. So, yeah. So this this whole podcast journey is definitely a uh, journey. It's a journey. We're learning every week what, you know, is going to be better for us and the listeners. And, you know, the social media thing we're trying to be consistent with, but sometimes, you know, we get a little off track just because we're trying to figure out what's going to work with yeah. posting. What you guys want to see. Right. Like, what's going to get us out there and get more more book club members to join. Yes. So we would love to have you guys go visit our social medias. You can send us messages. You can comment on anything with suggestions. We would love to hear from you guys. So you Absolutely. can find us at Instagram, sundoku.thoughts, and you can find us at Twitter, sundokuths. And we really hope that we can, you know, create a community with you guys. Absolutely. All right. So who are you? I'm Megan. (laughs) And I'm Shell. (laughs) And thank you for listening to Sundoku Thoughts, where our TPR pile is as long as the list of Jennifer Armentrout's books. That's true. She has a lot. Yeah. She has a lot. And we missed a whole series. (laughs) We we sure did. We sure did. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.